Hey everyone, Emo Over Easy here for a fantastic discussion with the one and only Ashley Liebig. By day, this former U.S. Army combat medic and current life flight extraordinaire is saving lives via helicopter, and at night she is helping push the thresholds of medical education via SMAC and the Teaching Institute. Let's listen to the guys learn more about one of her favorite topics, giving feedback. I'm super excited to talk to you about something near and dear to my heart, which is feedback. So, Ashley, we when we wanted to talk about this topic, it's something we that we struggle with, as Drew mentioned in the intro, because I feel like when you mention the word feedback, it automatically brings out like the hairs on the back of people's heads sta- stand up, and not in a good way, in like a, a fearful way that oh, I'm going to get some feedback. And, and feedback being because you're going to get criticized, you're yeah. going to you're going to learn about everything that you did wrong and why you're not good enough and all that. When that's really not what feedback is supposed to be. No. No, it definitely isn't. But unfortunately, I think a lot of times people think that feedback and criticism um, are synonymous. And so there's a very negative connotation. Even when I um, hear the word feedback, I think, oh, no, this isn't going to be good. So I think we need to change our mindset about feedback. First of all, recognize that it's not always great. And a lot of the times it doesn't feel good to be corrected ironically, we just finished a hiring process and I'm going to tell all of my secrets now, but we always ask applicants how they feel about feedback. And guess what everybody tells us? They love it. It's It's the the best best thing thing ever. ever. I love learning. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And then guess what happens to that employee the first time that they receive feedback? Oh, it's, it's the worst. They want, they want nothing to do with it. They see it coming and they run away. Total shutdown. Yeah. absolutely that is the irony of it and then i'm happy to remind them of the conversation that we had about how often and frequently that you would receive feedback and so that's why the 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 whole topic of feedback has been something that i've spent some time reading about and trying to understand because as the person who's frequently delivering the feedback i want to be as good at it as i can so Um, The very best book that I've found thus far is actually Thanks for the Feedback, and it's written from the perspective of the feedback receiver. So I highly recommend this book to anyone if you're giving feedback or if you're receiving feedback because it really helps um, coach you through the process of understanding what kind of feedback it is and then is that the same or is that the kind of feedback you're looking for and why you have such strong reactions to the feedback that you're receiving? So that's an interesting way of looking at it because I think a lot of people giving feedback don't necessarily put themselves in the reverse situation where you're going, how is this going to be received by the person receiving the feedback that I'm giving? So going along those lines, what's your advice to giving a good delivery of feedback? So as I pointed out in the book, and it's really helped me with a framework for feedback delivery, is feedback comes in three, and this is evidence-based in a research project that was done out of Harvard. So feedback is given via appreciation, coaching, or evaluation. And so I tend to think that, and in fact, I read an article the other day about high-functioning teams or high-functioning in in business, right? Um, And so I tend to think Um, And as the article agreed, that psychological safety is a huge component of our workplace. 
And so when feedback is delivered correctly, it really plays into part of that psychological safety, into our egos and what we need to hear. And when I say ego, I don't mean the, oh, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread sort of thing. I mean the kind that the the people who are high performers, which are typically the people that are working in our environment, they are there for the right reasons and they want to do the right thing. And their job is very much a part of their identity. And so a little appreciation with these folks goes a really long way, particularly in our younger learners and in our new, um, in our new hires and employees. When we start um, the, the framework from, we really appreciate them. We appreciate, you know, the various characteristics that they bring to the team. We appreciate um, how they did X, Y, Z. That lays sort of the groundwork for now we can move into coaching and evaluation. So in medicine, I think a lot of the time, coaching is really what we need. And really probably a lot of the feedback that's valuable comes in the form of coaching. Evaluation is the stuff that ha- that happens after the fact, um, that sort of uh, end of year evaluation or biannual evaluation or end of rotation evaluation where you're sort of getting graded. The rest of our experience is really coaching. And so that happens whether we have residents at the bedside or um, I have a new nurse in the aircraft, we're coaching that individual all the time. And so if they are looking for appreciation, and they are being coached, or someone is looking for coaching, and they receive evaluation, it really sets up a negative situation in which to receive that feedback. So the, there's a responsibility on both parties. There's a responsibility for um, the giver of feedback to kind of go into the meeting and understand what kind of feedback you're providing. And then there's also a responsibility of the feedback receiver to say, um, I was really, you know, if you're getting evaluated, that was wrong. Then I was really looking for why that was wrong and to engage in that conversation to get, if they're looking for coaching. Now, this is interesting because as I've been looking into feedback, um, I've been looking really close at some of the surveys from the teaching course or the surveys from lectures that I've given or from conferences we've put on. And, While appreciation is really great, meaning the feedback is best conference I've ever been to, that's also really not very helpful, is it? Coaching is really what we're looking for. We want to know why that was the best conference you've ever been to. We want to know what we did because what we think makes it the best is maybe not what makes it the best for you. And so even when you're giving appreciation, it still has to have some sort of substance to make it really very valid. Absolutely. And so we all have the fortune of being involved in education in some form or fashion. And something that I I struggle with a lot um, as someone who received feedback and now is giving feedback and and on both sides of the story is one, I'm just not good at giving feedback because so much of the time you just want to say, Hey, you did a really good job. It was a you know great shift today. You, you did a good job picking up patients, whatever the case may be. So it's not really constructive. It goes along with the best lecture ever, a great lecture, and there's nothing to go on. But I also find, and I don't know what your take on this is, that there's so many, so many of the people I'm giving feedback to tell me they crave feedback and they really want feedback. But when the rubber hits the road and you're actually trying to give them feedback, and maybe this is all a failure on my part, they're actually 
not interested in what you have to say because it's not just that glorified, yeah, everything was great, you did a great job. You're actually trying to coach them and educate them into being better at what they're doing and give them some type of critical appraisal, whether it's grading or not, which is not really my job, but my job is to you know kind of work on general growth. How, how do you approach that and make it a, a, a better experience? So I think those are two separate things. In terms of giving positive feedback, um, when you're talking about appreciation, uh, you absolutely, if you make it a, a goal at the beginning of the shift to notice two things that that resident is doing really well, very specific things, the way they engaged and talked to a patient family. I really appreciate the way that you told that patient exactly what was going to happen before you did it. Or I really appreciate the way you utilized XYZ device um, because that's, those are things that matter and those are the things that that feedback is what will carry them forward. Ha- oh, it was a great day today. High fives and all the sort of general feedback things are really nice, but they're not particularly useful or helpful. In terms of the difficult conversations or the coaching, I do think that if you are a tr- trusted individual, if they respect where the feedback is coming from, um, also the delivery, the location, where where is the feedback? Where are you giving this feedback? Is it at the end of the day? Have you asked them to step aside away from their peers to make sure that the coaching is between the two of you when they're in a particularly fragile state? Was it immediately after a critical incident? I think a lot of times when something goes wrong or something goes poorly, folks want to immediately coach. And is that the right time? A perfect example that um, uh, that I can kind of draw to here is in the rescue environment. We come back from a uh, swift water rescue where we've just saved someone from a tree and the water below them moving at, you know, 40 knots. And if they were in it, would sweep them away and it would be for sure uh, death. So we feel really proud of ourselves. And we we saved them. We, we saved the day. We were superheroes. We did this cool thing. We risked our lives. And then we come back. And in that moment, probably what many people want is appreciation. They want the high five. They're not interested in the coaching about how you should have used this call sign or you should have moved this direction or that direction in that exact moment. Now, if you wait 24 hours or if there's a risk to the patient, you know, safety, they're going to go right back out again. You have to really evaluate those conversations. So do we are we looking for the right place and the right time to give that? And what does that person need in that moment? I really liked how you guys did X, Y, Z, but also in the future, we need to consider this or perhaps try this or I need you. And a lot of times in our high risk environment, we have to tell people, I need you to do this now. This is um, or that was incorrect. And let's move forward and take the steps to correct it or let's put in place a, a plan to correct. I think coaching is easier when you feel like you have someone on your team to move forward with that's going to help you. It's not just you were wrong Um or you didn't like, I mean, an evaluation of you did this procedure incorrectly. I think most of our residents or um, nursing students or whomever it is are looking for this was incorrect, but here's how we're going to move forward and here's how we're going to correct it in the future. Uh, this is, this is really great stuff. I, 
did a lot of research on some education and learning or and learning styles uh, last year, and, and kind of did a deep dive on some of that stuff, and found very similar type concepts in the in the way we educate people. You have to have that most emotional, physical, and mental states all being aligned to learn appropriately. Similar to, it sounds like, feedback, you have to have the right setup to make sure that the feedback is received just as well as it's being given and vice versa. So I think, I mean, this is this is absolute gold. I love this kind of stuff. It's amazing. And, and having uh, been an athlete, I love the idea of it being about coaching. Um, and I had heard this term, a, a talk that I actually given previously, and I really kind of adopted the last maybe three to six months as an attending where I coach residents rather than give them feedback. And, and part of being a coach is, you know, the same concept. You can sit there and yell and scream all you want, but if you're delivering the message inappropriately or not to the way that the athlete or student is going to take it, then it's not, it, you're going to be hitting your head against a brick wall. I'm ready to break out in a song. Put me in coach. I'm ready to play. Oh, don't, don't quit your day job. <laughs> but, but, but upon, upon the time of like coaching, I really think of the iconic halftime speech in football. You know, it's interesting. They don't, they don't give a ton of feedback at the end of a game. They give it right in the middle where there's a chance for a course direction. And, and I've taken a, a little bit of that to heart that now when I work with residents or when I do other educations, I try to, in the middle of it, find a good time to say, Hey, we've got a, we have, we have some time left. Let's see if we can improve upon it from what it, when it started. So I, I love the idea of coaching. I think it's truly the way to go. And I think, Ashley, you also hit on a couple of key points when we're talking specifically about emergency medicine and for you doing rescue and high-risk um, extraction medicine in a lot of ways, which is there's really two opportunities to give feedback and to do coaching. There's the immediate feedback, which you have to give if you have to correct a situation, something dangerous is happening, whether it's a procedure on a patient in the department, whether it's something going on with the rescue and you talked about swift water, that can be one of the most dangerous rescue situations. Um, and I've, I've been in a few of those where you have to make that corrective action right away. And, and in that situation, you don't worry about feelings and emotions and all that because it's life and death. And then there's the opportunity for feedback later. And, and I think you made a great point, which is that feedback shouldn't come right afterwards when you really want that high five session. And then you have to reset and get back into the game doing whatever you're doing and, and just allow that to happen naturally. And then find time later at the end of the shift or if you're in more of the fire EMS world, maybe it's the next time you work 48 hours later if you're doing shift work to have that true debrief on the situation where emotions have kind of emptied and people can now objectively look at the situation and say, this is what went well and this is what went wrong and here's how we can all do this again better. So that's, that is awesome advice. This also applies to some, our simulation environments too, right? So where we, we take our um, learners into simulation and we pre-brief with them what the expectations are and we work through the simulation and then we debrief that at the end. And that's a, that's the sort of environment that um, I think that we should be setting up in our training environments, in our daily work. So if we have learners in our hospitals or in our aircraft or wherever it may be, having some sort of goal-directed uh, plans for the day and then being able to debrief those at the end of the day. So it's not a surprise. It's not anything new. If feedback is regular and consistent, there's always the expectation that you will receive some sort of feedback. There, Those are the opportunities to, you know, give the quick uh, kudos or appreciate some things. There's some opportunities for to coach. And then there's you can really give an evaluation of the, of the day in, in its entirety if you feel like that's necessary. So if people are set up to know that this is going to be regular and consistent throughout their learning experience, it won't come as a surprise. 
Um, so it, we, if we can translate that from our simulation environment into our regular daily environment, um, these are the goals we want to look at today and then follow up toward the end of the day or maybe midday because I do think that we tend to get rushed at the end of the day <laughs> and some of that, um, the time that we may have invested uh, kind of gets to the, um, oh, I want to beat traffic or I have to get home or we forget the things that have happened throughout the day. So maybe it's that sort of three quarters of the way through the day, let's debrief on 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 our goals for the day. That's that's such a great uh, a great way to kind of keep it all encapsulated in a, in a specific scenario. I I try to do that with all my medical students on shift. Is I will establish early on what we're what I expect, what the goals are, and then let them know that at the end we're going to talk about stuff. We close it down. I give them some feedback, but then I always try to turn the tables on myself and ask them for feedback for me. How could I have done better? How could I have made your day a better education experience? And I feel like kind of having that two-way street with uh, with somebody can also open up a little bit of doors, especially if you're working a couple shifts in a row with somebody. All of a sudden, now you're developing a rapport, and they know that at the end, they're going to have an opportunity to give you feedback just like you're giving them feedback. I think that's 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 an important thing to do as well. Absolutely. And also ask them for what kind of feedback they're looking for. So maybe you tend to give a little bit more appreciation and high fiving than um, than what they care about. Maybe they just want you to tell them exactly how to do this and if they're doing it right or wrong. And so sometimes understanding and getting to know our learners, I recognize that that can be a challenge sometimes if you have a large number. But if you can take the time to get to know what those learners need and ask them, are you getting from me what you need in terms of this feedback? I think that's a great place to probably take a pause here and say we need to continue this conversation on feedback down the road and and let all this awesome stuff that we've talked about soak in. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. We have been excited to have you before. We're so excited to have you hopefully again in the future. For all of the listeners out there to hear more about what Ashley is doing, you can find her on Twitter as well as some other social media sites. She's doing some really cool stuff, is well-connected in the social media foam ed world, definitely worth following to get more insight into that. And of course, we hope everyone uh, takes a look at us and checks us out on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, all that fun stuff for Emo Over Easy. And we look forward to talking to you all next time. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. It was really fun. 